to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We are back for a very special episode. We can't wait to get stuck into this chat. So for today, you have me, Marissa Lordanik, Sam Lewis, Anna Harrington, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and Matilda's and Racing Louisville midfielder Alex Chidiak. This chat was so much fun, but before we get stuck into it, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands that we are recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. But without further ado, let's get straight into the Chitty Chat. We're absolutely delighted to welcome Matilda and Racing Louisville midfielder Alex Chidiak onto the pod. So Alex, Welcome. We're so stoked to chat to you. How are you doing? Where are we talking to you in the world? No, thanks very much for having me on. Um, I'm currently in Louisville, Kentucky. So, yep, just in my bedroom. <laughs> Amazing. We love to see it. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Louisville and Kentucky since that is where you are at the moment. You've just started your season. How's it going? How have you adjusted back to NWSL life after being obviously in the A-League Women's most recently? Um, I think it's pro- it's been a smooth transition. I've got a lot of friends in the team now and there's a lot of familiar faces as well. So that's been helpful, you know, not having to jump right in with a new team, um, you know, learn the ropes in a new city again. Like I feel quite comfortable here. Um, but yeah, I think just more so the travel is kind of getting to me at the moment. Like I arrived, did all my medical screenings, and then we had like a 10-day trip to Portland and Seattle in a mini tournament, came back for five days, and then we are just in Houston for an away trip. So I'm just like so sick of planes. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like just really happy to be back in a routine, have a season starting again. Um, the preseason went by really quickly. I was only here for a month of it, but um, yeah, just really happy games have started now. No broken noses, no hits to the face, nothing like that this year, Alex? Not yet, but my roommate actually <laughs> got hit in the face. <laughs> she was playing as um, a centre-back and, yeah, one of the players just, like, swung her arm, hit her in the face and she was bleeding everywhere. And she kind of – she told me that she wishes that she got her nose broken so she could get, like, a nose job. Um, so, unfortunately, <laughs> she, did, she didn't break her nose. Um, just a bit of a blood nose on on our beautiful white shirt. But, um, nah, I'm I'm all good for now, Hopefully, hoping to keep it that way. How have you found the NWSL, Alex? It's a very different kind of league to the ones that you have played in in the past and particularly the kickoff to this season, which seems to have a really different sort of vibe to it. Like all the crowds and all the records that have been broken for home crowds. It just, it, the NWSL just seems like such a cool vibe at the moment. Yeah, there's definitely a really cool vibe at the moment. I think there's a lot of excitement, obviously, we're in FIFA now, which has caused, um, you know, a few issues. It's, it's kind of funny, though. I think between the players, like, there's obviously ones that are quite mad and then there's ones that are seeing the fun side of it as well. Um, but, no, like, the effort from all of the clubs, um, the excitement from the media uh, and the fans as well, there's a lot of engagement. So I think that's been extremely positive. And in terms of, you know, adjusting to this kind of league in general I mean I'm still adjusting like I think all of us internationals that come to the league it's like a league like no other it's so hectic you're just sitting there and there's I think in the game that we just played there was like 16 shots um for us and 14 for Houston or something like there's a lot of transition it's back and forth um it's exciting if you're you're in the crowd and if you're playing it's exhausting (laughs) so I'm still trying to 
kind of get up to speed with that um, a little bit and just super high transition, uh, very physical um, style of play. But it's it's helping me play quicker um, and, you know, learn different things from, um, you know, the players that you play against here. So it's it's positive all up, just takes a bit to get used to. I'm curious. So um, you obviously you've been playing in the A-League women's um, this season, but there's a couple of familiar play- faces you would have been playing against that you play with at Racing Louisville. Um, and I'm interested, who are you most excited to be playing with this season and not coming up against them again? Um, I think, I mean, definitely Amina Ekic. I know she's injured at the moment, but she was doing really well um, for Melbourne City and yeah, I had a chat with her when she was, um, well, when we both met each other last season and I told her that she would do great in the A-League and it was same same kind of discussion with Hilary Beale as well and, and Jordan Bloomer. So um, we kind of like all orchestrated together to <laughs> um, get everybody to, to come across and, um, you know, Jordan's come back in like really amazing form, definitely pushing for that. Um, starting spot I mean obviously we've got a very good keeper in Katie too but it's just it's a super competitive squad and um, yeah I think when Amina comes back like we've got you know great bonds off the field as well so definitely looking forward to picking that back up. I need to ask on behalf of Victory fans who will be listening to this obviously last season you were at Louisville as well and ended up staying for the whole A-League women's season because of finals and all of that stuff was there any chance that you were going to stick around for the whole of this A-League women's seasons as well to maybe help Victory on their finals quest? I think because the difference between the two seasons was I didn't miss out on any game racing, but if I was to stay, I would have missed out on games. So that was kind of the discussion um, that we had when I was finishing off the season last year. They kind of just said, look, you know, you are still one of our players. Like we would like you to be here for preseason. Um, whereas the year before they were quite lenient to that. Um, and the season just started later. So, you know, I, I would have loved it. It just didn't really work out that way. And it has been killing me because the girls obviously play at like 1am and I wake up in the morning, go straight up onto keep up, like trying to see what's going on in the games. Um, I was able to watch one of them in Portland. I just was screaming at my laptop. Um, It probably wasn't healthy for me. Uh, But no, like I'm still talking to all of the girls and sending them messages before games. And, you know, we've obviously got a very big game against Wellington um, (laughs) to make the top four. So this, yeah, I think I might, um, I'll probably be waking up around like 3am to check the scores just to know um, what's going on. But yeah, it, it is hard knowing that, you know, they're still playing and, and I'm kind of here just watching <laughs> um, and not being able to help in any way. But yeah, like I think um, all up, like it's good to be here as well. Um, and I had to kind of make that decision. Wasn't an easy one though. So for all the Victory fans, it wasn't easy. <laughs> Definitely wish I was still there. Chids, I think it's a very Chids friendly game time on Saturday because they're playing in Wellington. So I think it's, it's pretty early. Uh, I think it'd be evening for you guys, um, like your Friday evening, I want to say, uh, Saturday morning, something like that. I feel like it's quite chids friendly. So okay. you can, All right, I'll take you that. can probably get get stuck in. I'm, I'm curious, um, you seem to take it pretty easy, but how have you looked at this upcoming or just started in WSL season? I imagine for a lot of players, especially internationals, you know that the World Cup's on the horizon. It's finding form, not getting injured. How do, you, how do you look at it? Do you look at it as high stakes or do you go, I just need to keep on doing what I'm doing? 
Yeah, it's, it's hard because I think I also knew that there was going to be a little bit of a, a slight risk coming back in terms of game time. I mean, we've got very, very competitive squad, a lot of internationals, um, and I'm also playing out of position here on the right wing, um, which is it's kind of good because I guess with national team, that's where I've been playing as well. So I do get a bit more of that exposure in practice. But, um, yeah, it's, it's quite uncomfortable um, at the moment trying to adjust to that. And, you know, my direct competition is obviously very good too with the team. So it's, um, it's kind of like being in camp, really trying to push for a spot each week, because especially when we have maybe five injured and once all of them are back, I mean, it's going to be really hard to even make the squad um, for the game in general. So yeah, there's a little bit of um, pressure with that, but I think I'm more so focusing on getting the best out of the training. Hopefully when I do get an opportunity um, to come into the game, you know, keep kind of doing what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm really happy that I was able to get a bulk of the game time that I did while I was back in the A-League. I think, you know, that was part of the plan. I didn't really want to be, you know, not doing much and just training on my own for the four months. Like I wanted to continue to play, continue to improve, um, you know, play in the midfield where I have the most fun. And yeah, I think that has helped with the understanding of, okay, maybe I might not be starting, but I can push myself in different ways here. We've got incredible facilities as well. So if I'm not playing, I'm able to get what I need in order to prepare um, the best I can. So it is high stakes. Obviously, all of us are thinking about a World Cup, um, but you kind of can't look too far in advance because you never know what's going to happen as well. And you got this on what's best for the, the team too, because, yeah, once again, very exciting season um, coming up here. So, yeah, a lot of things to, to think about. It's quite a nice segue, Chids, into talking about your role in the Matildas as well, which has become quite similar in that sense that you are an impact sub. You're a bench player. You're a player who comes on and, and changes the game. How have you sort of adapted to that, particularly coming from uh, like a Melbourne victory, a club land where you were starting every week and you were playing the full 90 minutes? Yeah, it's um, I never thought that I would be able to be one of those players that had an impact coming off um, of the bench. I think typically when you, you looked at it, people that were coming um, off from the bench, they have a really big presence. They're super fast. They change the game instantly. And I never really saw myself as that kind of player. Um, but slowly, you know, within the Matilda setup, I kind of figured out pretty quickly that was I was going to have to give everything in the time that I got and treat it like, I'm, you know, in, mentally in my head, I'm starting a game. Like I have to really go in there and, and fight and do what I can in that time. And, um, you know, slowly and slowly I got given more minutes and then it kind of led to the 45 minutes against Jamaica. Um, so I think it, it helped me kind of get that realisation of, no, I actually can do this. Um, and, you know, as much as all of us would like to be starting games, you know, everyone has a different role in a team. And if my role is going to be, coming off of the bench and being able to make an impact, um, then I just need to, you know, make that role my own and make sure that, you know, when he's looking at the bench, I'm the first one that he wants to put on. So that's where my focus is. Obviously, I'm still going to be in the background, you know, pushing for a starting spot. Um, but I also am very conscious of, yeah, whatever's best for the team. I just want to be, I want to be in the team, I want to go to the World Cup. So if that's what my role is going to be, then I will play that the best I can. 
How much has your past few years helped you with that sort of mature outlook, Alex? Because a lot of players be like, no, I should be starting. I'm reading this comment saying, you know, I should be here. I should be doing this. But you obviously had a a shocking injury run where I remember talking to you during COVID and you were like, I've just, you know, the ankle got worse. I couldn't do this. There's all these things I've not played in nearly two years. How much has the past two years and how difficult, or not sorry, the past few years and how difficult it was to get back to this point helped you, I guess, navigate these new challenges where you maybe feel like, oh, maybe I should be in this position, but I need to just put my head down and and do what's best for the team, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think it sometimes gets lost because you, you know, I felt like I was doing really, really well with victory and was building that confidence over, you know, the last season and coming into this season as well. Um, And when I came to racing um, last season too, I wasn't expecting to get as much game time as I did. So it was the first time in a long time I actually played consistently over the years after being out for two years, not playing 90 minutes. Um, and I kind of tried to look at it in a way of just being grateful that we get to play and bringing it back. Um, and, you know, those experiences of, you know, being on the sidelines, having to watch everyone being in the gym um, on a different schedule to your teammates, feeling really isolated. You know, I'd definitely rather be, part of the squad experiencing um, the game and, you know, I, I know it sucks to just be doing that running on the sidelines and, and wishing that you were just sitting on the bench and getting there. So now that I've got that opportunity, I'm able to look at it in a different way. And, you know, I'm, I've been, I have had the opportunity to be able to play those 90 minutes at the beginning of the year and I'm going to hold on to that. And, you know, maybe if I'm not going to get that consistently, leading into a World Cup, then, you know, every short burst that I get, I mean, I got 15 minutes against Houston. It's the same kind of mentality, just give my all in that time and then, um, you know, kind of see what happens. So I think it it's definitely helped get that understanding. Yes, it's of course still frustrating and I want to be playing, but I've found different outlets for that and things that are more in my control because I can't, at the end of the day, I can't control, you know, what the coach's final decision is going to be. They have to look after a big squad of, you know, 23 to 26 players where you have to keep in mind. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of take it into my own hands. I do extra training after training, get as many touches as I can on the ball. I do like a little routine um, before games as well, just in case I'm not going to, you know, go into the game. So I've still like um played football that day so you kind of look at different avenues and ways to kind of keep your sanity in that sense because yeah we're we're footballers we want to play and it it kills you you're so close you're on the bench you're just like just want to step onto the field sometimes (laughs) um but no like the will show up and um I am very grateful for you know Jeff and Melbourne Victory for giving me that opportunity um when I did come back from you know all that time out I'm interested in kind of earlier you mentioned having fun with your football. Like how much does that factor in into these decisions that you make about the clubs that you play for and that kind of thing? Because, yeah, as Anna mentioned, you used to have that, that rough trot there for a bit. So I, I'm interested, yeah, how you strike that balance between being in the right environment that's competitive but also enjoy, like still enjoying the process. Yeah, I think... Um you know, the, the enjoyment definitely like massively heavy, um, focus of that was with, with victory. Like I felt, um, you know, I was, I was back home. I was with my partner, I was with my cat, you know, with like a lot of some of my best friends. Um, 
in in the team as well and you know throughout the league I've got a lot of great friends too so there was an enjoyment factor to being able to be back home and that was kind of my little reward and then the pushing myself out of my comfort zone definitely has come from being in America I mean it's it's definitely not my style of play um still trying to get used to it you know it's maybe not where I'm playing my best and you know regarded as yeah one of the best players in the league but I'm able to work on and try and balance that out um, as much as I can. And, you know, fortunately enough, I've met some really incredible people here too that make, you know, everyday fun. So, you know, for, for instance, after training, just staying out longer, playing little games, um, you know, our strength and conditioning coach likes to integrate into the warm-up, lots of juggling games and different little things that actually just you're having fun and you're laughing. And every day, you know, I do find myself having fun within you know the work that we have to do here too so that um helps massively and you know when the football side of it does get difficult and you're not playing consistently and all that kind of stuff then it it does get harder especially when you're overseas and you don't have your other outlets like you know in my case my partner and my cat who I um found out that I've been overfeeding and that (laughs) has now told my partner that she is completely overweight and oh no <laughs> size and um I've also given We've her yeah I've given her <laughs> asthma apparently because she's so anxious she now has asthma because I left so I'm like a bad cat mom <laughs> it sounds like a deflection from the feeding thing Alex I reckon well look I don't I grew up with a parrot like I thought that <laughs> This cute little thing, like she just kept nudging, like she wanted food. I'm like, she must be starving because she's she's a rescue as well. I figured <laughs> I'm gonna treat this cat, and I like, oh, for the for Aaron, yeah. My partner called me up and she was like, yep, yeah, she is very overweight. Like she's just, she's one and she looks like a full grown adult. So yeah, there's a couple problems with that. But anyway, back to the question. Um, yeah, when you don't have <laughs> When you don't have those like little distractions outside of football, I think those are the the hardest moments that you have because you've made the decision to go overseas away from that comfort. And if football's not going right, then you're kind of thinking, okay, well, why am I here? And you have to look for that meaning within your environment. And I think in Spain, I didn't do that too well. I mean, I was, I, to be fair, I was 19. I had no idea what I was doing. Couldn't speak the language. Um, and the second season got a lot better. But, yeah, I think in, in Japan that was heavily due to COVID. Um, but now, you know, there's kind of no excuse. I'm able to go out. I'm able to be social with friends. You know, there there is no shortage on food options here. As we know, America loves bulk sizes and everything. So if I need to just eat some food, I know where to be. Um, but... Yeah, you kind of have to to look outside um, for those different things to keep you going because, yeah, inevitably things are going to be difficult. Um, but I've, I'm in a good place here. There is a good community here um, and some great people. So that's keeping me going. Alex, so just because we do have you here, courtesy of the Matildas, you're about to go into camp again, uh, not too far away. Uh, a couple of big games against Scotland and England. It feels like this team is entering these friendlies really high on confidence, obviously results going away, the playing style's working. I mean, we cast our 
eye back to probably, I don't know, September where there's those Canada friendlies, there's a couple of results that aren't going the way. It, it seems like it's been a, a pretty meteoric rise in form and the team's really clicked. From the inside, we can only see it from the outside. From the inside, mm. what's going so right now? What's clicking? What's working to, to get you guys in a, a really good, I guess, space and, and form? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just more time together. You know, we've we had to learn a whole new style of, of play and, and new philosophy from Tony. And then you kind of only get 10 days to learn that. And then you go back to your club for the bulk of it. And it's a pattern like that on and on. And I mean, at the beginning, obviously it was bringing in lots of new players. So there's a lot of different changes and people coming in and out. Um, and I think, you know, over the past like year and a half, two years, it's kind of um, been a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people that really know what's um, what's going on and have been put into those situations on the field against obviously very challenging opposition. Um, and and now we're kind of seeing the reward for that. You know, good things take time and I think um, everything's starting to click together. There's a lot of confidence. You've got players playing in some of the best leagues and the best teams in the world. You know, I think Caitlin's playing Champions League now. I was just watching like the <laughs> Arsenal game. Um, so, you know, you've got the confidence that that brings as well from players playing at a really high level and then bringing their form into camp um, as well. I think that's, you know, probably a, a big um, reason why that things are starting to click and you know it's going to bode well for us we're playing against England a lot of the girls it's familiar to a lot of the girls um, and it's in the UK as well where most of them are based so I think you know when we played them the first time it's kind of a you know we didn't really know what to expect but now a lot of the bulk of the team know what to expect coming into that game and there will be you know confidence there from our past performances and, and what we've been able to produce so um, yeah, I think it's it's quite an exciting camp coming up, and you know, for a lot of us too, it's we're fighting for positions for World Cup still. So, you know, you'll see a lot of um, people really going for it and trying to, um, you know, show what they've got. Listen to questions, Marissa. You got a couple of. We do. People were very excited that you were coming on and wanted to know some things, and it ranged. So I'm going to try and squeeze as many as I can in here. So one of the more serious. Well, not serious. I just thought yeah. it was really interesting. Um, Stephen asked, do you consume and watch games of football outside of the ones that you're playing? Do you watch it for fun or do you watch it for learning? Or are you like, I don't want to look at football for the next three days until I need to start getting back into like game mindset? Yeah, no, I'm quite obsessed with watching football. Um, and it's more for the enjoyment side of things. I don't really look at it and think, okay, I need to do what this player's doing and this kind of stuff. Um Sometimes I do, like the days, like the day of a game, my routine is watching another game. It kind of calms me down and makes me feel like if some of these best, like the best players in the world are, are making mistakes, I can do the same thing. And, um, you know, then I'll watch a game, kind of chill for a little bit, kick a ball around, go for a walk. Like a ball is always very close by to me. Um, and then I'll watch highlights of a certain player. So, you know, one of my favourite players at the moment is Martin Odegaard for... Arsenal and then just watching him in the midfield um, absolutely destroying players, you know, gives me some ideas as well and what to try. Um, and, yeah, I think it's it's helped me a lot because it's like a comfort thing in a way, like watching other professional footballers, um, you know, getting that understanding too. Like you don't need to be a complete standout every single game um, either. Like I think there's a lot of pressure that you, you put on yourself um, as well, like okay, you need to be at the top of your game every single 
game and that's not you know entirely realistic either and you know watching professionals week in week out you know kind of go into different phases as well of, of their season still considered to be having a really great season I think um you know it just humanizes them more and it kind of helps me as well as a footballer um to you know deload that pressure but yeah, I never really watch it and, and analyze because I mean, I've got no idea what to look for. I'm just like, get ball, dribble with the ball, score a goal. That's kind of what I like. So, Stick that's not the worst punditry I've heard. <laughs> okay, I would be so bad. Like, I know people give commentators shit. I would have no idea what to say. Like, I'd be sitting there just like, that was a shit pass. Like, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> So I give credit to all the commentators. <laughs> like you just well, kind of right. and you're like, I got no, like I would not be able to make something out of this. <laughs> I reckon people would love to hear though. That wasn't shit. I wouldn't have done personally. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> Oh, All right, I'm going to put you on the spot because we had a question from Michelle as well. Um, she asked, if you had the chance to decide a mascot for the Matildas, it can't be the World Cup mascot, but if you had to pick a mascot for the Matildas, what would it be? Ooh. Hmm. That's a tough one because I guess the Matildas stand for a lot of things and I'm thinking very outside of the box and random in this sense. So... I don't know why a pogo stick came to mind. <laughs> I don't know. Does it why. have little googly eyes on it? Yes, or... <laughs> surely. Okay, the googly eyes are definitely a trademark. I still have some that are placed all over the club here, and no, like people are so numb to it, they don't even realize it's there. Like our trainer said, we've gotten rid of all the googly eyes. Not true. I've seen four at least, <laughs> um, and I've still been pitching my idea for the mascot here which is the disco ball with a jockey hat but for some reason I think a pogo stick like we're a very bouncy team we're sturdy we're a lot of fun it can be confusing at times to know what's going on like I don't know how to use a pogo stick but anyway I think that there's I think there's something within the pogo stick I don't know I'm gonna cop a lot of shit for this No, people are going to start making it. I can see it now. They're going to design. (laughs) Tilly the pogo stick. The Matilda's mask. (laughs) I'm putting it out to you guys. Any final questions? Because I feel like we do need to unfortunately wrap this up. Look, Alex, at the start of the pod, you did mention the uh, the FIFA 23 situation with the NWSL players and your tweet, I wore a hairnet for this. <laughs> like, what has been, like, we've seen the reaction on the outside, particularly players like Sydney LaRue, who just absolutely dragged <laughs> EA Sports for it. Like, what has been your vibe with this whole shebang and what's been the vibe from your teammates? I think we just... Like, I mean, my teammates personally, we all just laughed, like looking at some of the <laughs> the creatures that they created. Um, I think it's since been updated. Like, I can't say now that I don't look like me. I think I do now look like me. But what they had me as before, it was, it was amusing. Um, I think my roommate, she was a hybrid of two of my teammates. Like, <laughs> nothing alike. Um, so we've not been mad. I think it's just kind of funny like you kind of have to look at it in that way I know people have been genuinely mad some people don't have hair 
that's you know quite different <laughs> but yeah it's been um I think it's it's been fun from our side of things um we kind of wanted to do like a bit of a guess who where we got all of everybody's and had to try and pick who was who um so I think we might still do that because there would be a lot of wrong answers um <laughs> are you a FIFA fan like do you play FIFA I used to play oh yeah, my favorite was FIFA 12 slash 13 and I played it on my phone and I was really good at it on my phone like just a little joystick um and that Chelsea team was also my favorite as well so that helped but um I think my brother was more into FIFA than I was I think I have no idea when it became too realistic it was less fun for me (laughs) I'm like oh players get tired now that sucks like I was used to them just running around the pitch everywhere um so I think when it became too much thinking I was like no um but I am tempted just to get this one and then just give myself all the game time (laughs) um and manifesting yeah just manifest just like put myself in the midfield as well see what happens like I'm listed as a midfielder everywhere I think I've played midfield once with racing (laughs) so um yeah I think you know just manifest that I'll just put myself in the team and then we'll go from there (laughs) I love it. We're I all manifesting so too for you, Chips. <laughs> yeah. we, we really would like to see that, but I think we unfortunately have to wrap this chat up. Thank you so much for joining us. We've had an absolute ball talking to you and you are welcome back absolutely anytime. No, thanks very much. It's been it's been very fun. Um, I'm interested to see what comes out of the pogo sticks. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting I Snapchat for the Photoshop yes. efforts now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We want to thank Alex once again for chatting to us. We had an absolute ball. We're so sorry we couldn't get to all of your questions. As you can tell, we had a lot of fun talking to Chids, but not a lot of time. So we really sincerely hope that there will be a part two somewhere in the future where we can get to even more of your questions. But for now, as always, we are on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app, as well as Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the usual pod spots. If you like what we do, leave a review and subscribe. If you want to chat to us, we are at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, see us.